Okay. Oh, you have to introduce us. Hi, friends. Uh, welcome. <laughs> okay, all You can't laugh. I started. Right okay. I was going for it. I was ready. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Worship Warriors podcast. Hi, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Worship Warrior podcast. Um, today, we're going to be continuing our love series that we put on hold last month as we um, went through our series on Advent. Um, even though it's not Christmas time, if you've not listened to that, you should. Yeah. I think it's pretty good. Um, well, we talked about a lot of stuff that it wasn't just like talking about Christmassy things. Oh, it yeah. It was no. like, yeah. Yeah, we had a theme and everything. Yeah. Anyway, um, so today, though, we're going to be continuing our love series, and we're going to be going through um, the verse, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. So cool. we're moving along. Yep. So, yeah, if y'all haven't listened to our other love series things, you don't have to listen to those to listen to this one, but they were good, at least I thought. So they, were, they went well. Um, so we're just topically studying on each attribute that's mentioned in this. So it's 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, and it's love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. And we're doing, like Anna said, verse 6, which was, um, it do, or love doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Something that Anna always mentions, or almost always on these um, love series episodes, is that you can replace, because we know from scripture God is love, that you can replace love in this passage with God. So I won't read it all over again, but like, for instance, starting from the beginning of this passage, it's God is patient and kind, God does not envy or boast, so on and so forth. So mm-hmm. like for verse 6, it would be God does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Yeah. So anyway. Oh, well, real quick, um, I when looking this up, um, the, I thought it was interesting to start off, I guess, that the word rejoice is the Greek word, I'm not sure to pronounce it, Cairo, maybe? It's C-H-A-I-R-O. Yeah. So I'd assume that. But anyway, um, I just thought that was interesting. And so this means that this, that like, literally that means, the the Greek word rejoice means it's like elated, thrilled, ecstatic, and overjoyed. Mm. Yeah, so like rejoice means all those things, which I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Yeah, that was like just to get us started. Yeah, thinking about this verse like through that context, mm-hmm. um, elated, thrilled, ecstatic, and overjoyed. Mm-hmm. So I don't get ecstatic about very many things. Yeah, like you can get a little excited, but like ecstatic to yeah. me is like I'm stinking excited to the point where you cannot take this joy away from me, no matter what happens today. Meg, sorry, my cat was <laughs> sketchy. Anyway. Um, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it's not just, like, a simple little, like, oh, I'm a little excited. This is so you great. Know? Yeah. Okay. So, you could reread this saying, like, love, um, is not elated, thrilled, ecstatic, and overjoyed at wrongdoing, but love is elated, thrilled, ecstatic, and overjoyed with the truth. Mm. Which That's I good. think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, when you put all those words in it, I feel like it gives you a lot of perspective. Mm-hmm. So. That's good. Yeah. Um, okay, so my first one is First John 1, 9, 
And it says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So something that sticks out to me in this passage is, um, so like for instance, 1 Corinthians 13, 6, which is the topic that we're doing today, um, is love doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. And so in 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, the first couple passages I have in here is for some reason, God was really, I mean, I say for some reason, it's obvious why to me in my life, it's obvious why um, he was putting this, pointing this out to me. But in order for us to not rejoice at wrongdoing and to only rejoice at the truth of God's love and in the gospel is it starts in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And so this verse, 1 John 1, 9, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us, which means you don't have the truth of the gospel inside of you and you're not going to rejoice at the truth of the gospel if you first and foremost um, are not aware and recognize yeah. and point out regularly, at least to me it has to be regularly, that I am a sinner or that you are a sinner and that um, we need God. Yeah. And so like this is saying, if we, if I said, if I, Sarah, say, you know, I said sometimes about, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm a good person. You know, that's deceitful. Mm-hmm. That is a lie. Yeah. And I truly like, I'm not saying I'm not saved, but at that point it's like either you're saved and you just completely didn't pursue God after that point of salvation, or I'm really not saved. Yeah. You know, I don't have the security. Like I say I do because in order to be saved, you you have to first and foremost recognize mm-hmm. you are a sinner. Yes. And you yeah. need You're God. For a savior. Yeah. Yeah. So it starts in our hearts. Do you mind if I do my next passage just because it kind of talks no, about that fine. too? So the reason I put this next passage, it's a little longer, but I just recently studied this in Genesis again. And um, it stood out to me more like for the first time like mm-hmm. ever. I mean, real in this way at least. So Genesis 4... And it's not this whole passage, but I'm going to quickly read 1 through 7. Mm-hmm. It says, Now Adam knew his wife, or knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its Mm. desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Okay, so before I get into my supporting verse for this, um, thought that I have. I'm just going to say, I really don't know why God led me at, I till, still to this moment. So as I talk, he may reveal it to me. I have no idea. But I felt led to put this passage in here because something stood out to me the other day in my quiet time. And it was this. I didn't understand. And I feel like this is something that I've heard a lot of people say. I didn't understand why God was angry necessarily at yeah. Cain because he doesn't really say why he's why he didn't have regard for him. It doesn't say black and white. So, you know, you hear people say, I won't go into crazy detail about this because it's not really important for the video, I don't think. But you hear some people say it's because, well, it's not, um, 
a sacrifice, like a sacrifice of an animal, of like flesh. a lamb, you yeah. know, a firstborn, yeah. because that is a symbol, a symbol that is the picture of Christ being mm-hmm. sacrificed for us and he is the lamb. So I understand that part and that could be why maybe God, you know, maybe Cain was aware of this. God made it clear to him of that, but yeah. he thought, well, I, I'm a keeper of the ground, not the animal. So God's still going to love my offering. I don't know, maybe. Yeah. And I hear that one more than anything else. But so anyway, there's some discussion about it you know up in the air different reasons but I I just didn't understand well I read a commentary and I'm not going to read that but it pointed something out to me that pointed me in the direction of this verse and it says in 1st John 3 12 we should not be like Cain who was of the evil one and murdered his brother and why did he murder him because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous so oh I didn't read that part but after verse 7 in Genesis 4 it says that Cain killed Abel so this act of giving this offering to God and God rejecting it um stirred up a lot of anger inside of Cain and then he and and pride and jealousy of his brother because his brother's offering was accepted and so he then killed Abel and there may have been more to it that we don't know about but that's what we know and so obviously you don't just up and decide one day I'm gonna kill someone like there has to be something inside of you that that comes to the surface. You have to have that anger or whatever. And so whenever he's talking about in verses 1 through 7 toward the end, it says, God is telling Cain, if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. So it's that means, from my understanding, it's like another verse where it says, um, in Proverbs, is it? Be angry, but do not sin. He was angry, and you can be angry, but then if you act upon your anger in the moment and it's not in a righteous or godly way, then that is sin and you're acting yeah. upon your anger in sin. So that's what it means by be angry, but do not sin. And so that's what he did though. He was angry and God was telling him, sin is crouching at the door in your anger. Don't accept that sin at the door. Reject it. Yeah. You don't need to kill get your brother. Yeah, get away from that. So it starts in his heart. And so I guess because God was really leading me in the direction to put passages in here at first about our heart posture. Um... Like, for instance, just to be very, like, point blank, Cain obviously rejoiced in wrongdoing. Yeah. He acted upon his anger. So, in his heart, he had, just like it said in First John 1, 9, he, he had no truth inside of him. You know, there was no truth to rejoice in. And mm-hmm. maybe there was at one point and he totally distanced himself from God somehow because, unfortunately, I've done that as well. But, like, it starts in your heart. And, you know, Cain could have been this upstanding guy or whatever. Like, he could be great or whatever. And then the more you distance yourself from God, the mm-hmm. more you're not going to rejoice in that truth because all you're filling your heart with is negative things from the devil. Yeah. And he ended up killing his own brother. And he got punished for it. And so it starts with your heart. Mark seven twenty one through 23, to go along with this, says, For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, mm-hmm. sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within, and they defile a person. So I guess to start off this video, maybe it was good to start with those, because it really does start in your heart. So I guess the question would be, before we get into the others, is... What is your heart posture? Yeah. Because you're not going to be rejoicing. In the, you're not going to be ecstatic about the truth of God's love in the gospel. You're not going to be truly loving others with that rejoicing of truth within you if you don't even have that within you. Yeah. So it starts in your heart. Um, okay. There's our introduction, I guess. <laughs> no, it's good that you did that because, or that you started with that. 
Um, because one of my verses was John fourteen six, where mm-hmm. Jesus says, um, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so, like, my point from that was true love rejoices in and with Jesus. True love comes from Jesus and Jesus alone. If you rejoice in and with Jesus, you will have no desire to rejoice in wrongdoing, like uh, Cain did. So if you're close to the Lord, you're not going to have all these things to worry about. And then um, I can't remember the reference. I didn't write it down. But there's a verse that said, like, Jesus tells... Um, and he talks about how you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Mm-hmm. If Jesus is the truth, mm-hmm. you will know Jesus and Jesus will make you free. Right. And That's so, so good. Yeah, yeah. And so if you're walking with Jesus yeah. and you have a close relationship with him, you're not going to even be worried about rejoicing in wrongdoing. Yeah. You're not going to take, um, you're not going to be ecstatic. You're not going to allow sin to enter in at that door of your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you have um, Jesus close in it. Mm-hmm. That's good. So another one of mine was um, Psalm 1, 1 through 2. That was like one of the first ones that popped up like uh, when I was thinking about this. Um, And it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Mm -hmm. And again, that just goes back to how we need to focus on the Lord, meditate on his word. And you can't meditate on his law if you don't know his law. Mm -hmm. And you can't know his law if you're not reading his word. Yeah. And so that is why it's so important to constantly be soaking yourself with the word of God, because if you're not, then again, that, that, that little bit of sin, that little bit of temptation can creep in so easily and it does anyway, but you're going to be a lot stronger and be able to resist it. Yeah. Um, and even at times, like you'll get to that point, the closer and closer you are to God, sorry, but you just made me think of this, yeah. that there might be some temptations that the devil is really thrown at you and because you have been really pursuing God, you immediately mm-hmm. are like, no thanks. I don't even have right. a desire for that. Like, it's not even tempting to me anymore. Right. And it may, it may not be like that with every temptation. I'm not saying you're going to be perfect. I'm just saying, I mean, anyway, I just was. Or that, or even if you do enter into sin, you wake up a lot faster, right? Right. If you've been in God's word lately, like if you start to enter into sin, and even if you go a little bit, like for me, there's been a couple times where I've gone like a little bit. And I'm like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, the conviction hits me. And I'm like, this isn't who I am in yeah. Christ. Like, this isn't who I am anymore. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, because I know the truth, and the truth is so much better. Like, why am I even, like, taking delight in this? And right. right. Why am I even allowing it to creep in just a little bit? That's good. Um, and then another one that kind of goes with this is, well, I mean, I'm just going to lump it in there. Psalm 5.4 says, uh, for you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my point for this is like, love doesn't just like get rid of sin. Like love doesn't just sweep it under the rug. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, thank God it doesn't, because if God hadn't loved us to require a sacrifice for our sin, um, then our sin debt wouldn't have been paid and we wouldn't have eternal life with Christ. Right? right. If love just swept sin under the rug and was like, oh, well, don't even worry about it. Like if, if, if God had seen us in our sin and like loved us mm-hmm. and like been loving to us, I put that in quotations. Like if he had just been like, oh, well, we're not even going to worry about it. We're not even going to look at it. And he does, but he had to require a sacrifice first, right? And right. it was his son, Jesus. Right. Well, he still confronts the sin, though. Exactly. Yeah. He, yeah, he could because Jesus literally came to conquer sin and death. Right. Right. But Jesus was the one who had to do it. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm thankful that love doesn't just like, I don't know, doesn't address it at all. Because mm-hmm. if it didn't, we would be, we would have to be subjected to eternal damnation. I mean, 
because, but because God loved us enough that he wanted to confront the sin problem head on, he put a plan in place to send his son to come and die for us mm-hmm. and to conquer that sin. Mm-hmm. Which is just crazy. That's good. Okay, so my next one, I'm not, I probably won't have any observations about because Anna basically just said it and then I covered some of it earlier. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to read it because it's just another good verse to add to your list of verses to back this, um, all of this up. Uh, Galatians 5, 17 through 24. For the desires, do you have that one down? Yes. Oh, okay. That's crazy. Well, if you need, if you want to talk about no, it. No, 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 you, you go. Okay. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the, and the desires of the spirit meaning the Holy Spirit, by the way, for anyone who doesn't know, are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions. That's a big one, divisions in this world. Uh, Envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you. As I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Sorry, very ADD. Um, Anyway. Hopefully, with my choppiness there for a second, you still got it, but that was just a good one. Do you yeah. have any thoughts on that? Or? No, I mean, I didn't write anything. I just was like, the fruit of the spirit and, like, the works of flesh would be good to talk about because... Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. Like, he lays it out there quick, like, very plainly. It, like, literally in detail things. And, I mean, everything you just listed. I mean, maybe there's something that it's missing. I have no idea. But it's pretty much covering all, just about everything. Which, um, I didn't write this down, so I'm looking it up really quick. Earlier in Galatians... Well, here, hang on. Just give me a second. Like the first verse, I really like the first verse of Galatians 5, like goes along with this too. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Mm-hmm. So like Jesus in love has literally given us a way out. So like don't go back and rejoice in those wrongdoing, like mm-hmm. in this wrongdoing anymore. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, talking about like walk by, or first, yeah, walk by the spirit. Walk with the spirit. Like that's just, <laughs> that's what you have to do. Yeah. And I love that. Like in, in, it does talk about how, like, our flesh is so hard set against God and his ways, but it's so important to walk with him so that you can fight against it and mm-hmm. so that you don't take, like, again, that you don't rejoice in wrongdoing, mm-hmm. but you rejoice in and with and through the truth mm-hmm. that is Jesus. Another one of mine um, is Romans one eighteen, which says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their un- unrighteousness suppress the truth. Mm-hmm. Right, so because love rejoices through the truth, there's so much, like, God's wrath is, is against ungodliness and unrighteousness because by, by, when we're walking in our unrighteousness, we suppress the truth of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that goes for us, too. Like, when, when I'm walking in unrighteousness, I'm suppressing Jesus and people being able to see him through me. I'm hurting my testimony. Um, and I'm not allowing people to see the truth and the light and the love that I possess because I have the Holy Spirit yeah. and because I have, um, the truth literally inside me, dwelling yeah. inside of me. And so I just think it's so important, like, and I'm getting convicted from this because I've not been walking, I've not been reading my Bible like I should lately. And, um, like yesterday or the day before, or I guess Thursday was the first time I had in like a week or so. And, um, it just made me realize like how much I had not been walking in and with the truth. Like Jesus is literally your lifeline, Mm -hmm. right? He's what you need every single day. 
And he's given you everything. Second Peter talks about how he's given you everything you need for life and for godliness. Mm -hmm. and so why would you want to pursue all these things? Yes. And it's not it's not saying it's easy, right? Paul talks about it in Galatians that our flesh is so again hard set against the spirit. Mm -hmm. But like we have to walk with the spirit so that we can um possess all these lovely things, right? And then that also makes me think I know I'm going on a tangent, no. but it also makes me think of Philippians four eight. Which says, finally, brothers, whatsoever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. You can't do that. You can't possess these things if you're not walking with the truth mm -hmm. and in the truth. Okay. So Anna was just talking about um, walking in the light mm -hmm. um, a little bit. She was mostly talking about terminology-wise, the truth, but she mentioned yeah. the light. And uh, my next verse is Ephesians 5, 8 through 12. And it says, for at one time you were... For at one time, you were darkness. I want to point out that in this ESV, it says you were darkness. Yeah. Not wa not just walking in the darkness, but you were the darkness. Like you were just exuding darkness, basically. Yeah. Um, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. But instead, expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. First of all, really, really quick side note. Um, it says in this version, for it is, it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. If you are someone who um, doesn't have a lot of experience with studying God's word and reading it, this is not necessarily being literal. Like, if someone over here is doing the sin, don't even say the words of what they're doing. <laughs> this is basically saying it's, shame, it's shameful for you to speak of it in a way that you are supporting it mm -hmm. or co like condoning it or anything like that taking part yeah in it. so you can because for instance well, oh to go along with that the point the thing that i'm going to point out here um my main point is that it says take no part in unfruitful works of darkness but instead expose them you can't expose something if you don't talk about it at all you have right. to talk about it you right. just can't talk about it in a way that you are accepting of it or supportive of it so um i just wanted to Put, put that out there because I know that I know of at least one or two that I personally know you directly that um sometimes we take you take things literally which is good sometimes yeah but also I just wanted to point that out because that's not necessarily being so literal like it sounds um just so you're aware but anyway so yeah expose them and we kind of talked about this earlier where God doesn't just push things under the rug yeah but he confronts it yeah. like Jesus literally confronted sin like literally but yeah. also not just literally we we have to well, I guess it's still kind of literally, but he did it literally by dying on the cross for right. our sins. We're not doing that because he did that for us. But we have to expose it by, like, for instance, if I'm stuck in a sin cycle mm -hmm. um, and I'm aware and God is really convicting me of it, great. The next thing is not just to be convicted and then move on yeah. with the rest of my life because you're going to keep being convicted more than likely and you're going to be miserable, first of all. Yeah. But also, I need to stop and expose that. And whether that be by myself with just me and God, mm -hmm. or if I need a third party, mm -hmm. like to help keep me accountable. Cause that's why God gives us Christian community. Um, you know, I need to go to someone who is wise and who I can trust and who is honestly, it'd be better if it was someone who is at least on the same level yeah. of your spiritual maturity, but even better, someone who's wiser than you in their spiritual yeah. walk with God, who, who's more mature than you. If you have someone like that. Yeah. But anyway, that's beside the point. But anyway, so you need to expose that. So, like, if I'm struggling with lying, so, mm -hmm. like, say I'm lying all the time. Like, it's just a habit of mine. 
I'm being dramatic about everything to the point where I'm like over dramatizing everything that I talk about and it's causing problems for not just me but other people around me. Um, that is a sin. You're being deceitful, first of all. Yeah. Like, don't, don't do that. And so, anyway, so say I'm struggling with this and I'm like, okay, God is convicting me of this because one, it's causing me problems and I'm miserable in my life because now everyone believes this about me, expects this of me, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. The list can go on. Um, maybe it caused a problem for someone else and there's a broken relationship there. Like, so many things happen from just being deceitful and lying. So, I need to stop. So what I need to do is expose it. And this could look different ways. It depends on how God needs you to expose it, depending on your life and everything. But um, exposing it means first recognition, mm-hmm. recognizing that that is a sin, that you are doing it, and it is causing problems, and you need to change that. Second of all is, my opinion, is you need to speak that out loud, and preferably with other people around. Yeah. Because then that's exposing it. You're shedding light on something that the devil wants you to continue to do. Yeah. So expose that. And then from that point on, preferably with, or in my my preference would be you really need, I believe you need someone else there with you, yeah. like another human, if you have access to someone, um, to be like, hey, I just exposed this. Now I really need you to help me. Yeah. Because I'm lying all the time and this is not okay. Yeah. So... Somehow y'all can figure out a plan to help you with that. But that that's just an example of like, you need to expose it. And that's one little example of how. And then going into further detail, the other thing that I was going to say with this is in order to expose any kind of sin, you have to know the truth because you're exposing it with truth. You're exposing it with light. And that light is truth. That light is Jesus. So the closer you get to him, the more truth you know about yes. those sins. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit will reveal that to you also. Um, in the moment and then it's literally like it shows you a picture and it's just like it's just like um in Psalm 19 105 yeah. where it says you know that the word is a lamp to my feet so it's literally like saying the the more familiar familiar you are familiar you are with God's word and the more you are in it um meaning you don't have to memorize all of the whole bible but like just be familiar with it by studying it and reading it regularly it's literally like saying you have the bible And it is just exuding light onto your feet to show you where to go. And that's what it's doing whenever... So, like, for instance, if sin starts to get in your pathway, if you're familiar with this, it's still exuding light onto the path. So the sin's going to creep, the temptation's going to come on the path that you're walking on. And because you have God's word in your heart, you're familiar with it, and you know God closely because you're pursuing Him regularly, it's just constantly shining light on it. So you know when it's bad. So you know when it's temptation and you can push that out of the way. And so that's what it means by exposing it is whenever you're familiar with God's word, when you're pursuing him, you know him well, that's how you shine light on it. That's how you expose it in the first place Mm -hmm. by first of all, knowing that it's sin creeping into your righteous pathway. So it's just a good verse. So that was Galatians 5, or no, that was Ephesians 5, 8 through 12. So yeah. No, so that's, that's really good because that kind of goes along with my last... I like how it always works that, like, the Holy Spirit aligns yeah. us without really, yeah. like... Without us even really discussing it. Um, but I'm going to read John 8, 2 through 11 really fast. Um, this is from the ESV. Um, and it says, Early in the morning, he, meaning Jesus, came again to the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? This they said to test him, that he might have some charge to bring against him. 
Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to lick it, or continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones, and Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. Mm. Um, and the reason why I read this was like, um, Jesus says to the woman, like, it's, I don't know, in his love, he says to her, I love you and I'm going to forgive you. Mm -hmm. But I think it's so important. Like we do not, we don't take the love of Jesus seriously. If we do not add the same thing Jesus adds, like if we're not being truly loving towards someone, Mm -hmm. exposing the evil works of darkness to someone, if we don't say to them as well, go and sin no more. Mm -hmm. We need to be bold and courageous and encouraging and like setting aside our own personal feelings and agendas and like fears of what someone's going to say to us by being loving and saying and moving humbly like and it's it's important that you're humble when you do it too but like you need to encourage them um because you love them to sin no more mm-hmm. um and i don't know i just i love that story and i think it's so beautiful and i think it's beautiful how jesus just loves her and these people are ready to kill her but it's so important that at the end he says to her i don't condemn you but you need to go and sin no more mm-hmm. he doesn't sweep her sin under the rug he doesn't completely say, like, hey, forget about it. Mm-hmm. He says, go and don't sin anymore. Mm-hmm. Love doesn't doesn't take, it doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing, but it rejoices with the truth. Mm-hmm. So I have one more passage that I'm actually going to talk about. But to back, I forgot I had this in here, but to back up what I was talking about earlier with my belief of you should have someone else there with you to help you through your sin cycles and stuff, like to help you be Mm -hmm. accountable and so on and so forth. I'm going to quickly read Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. It says, two people are better than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Mm-hmm. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Yeah. So, just wanted to read that. Did you have something? Oh, no. I looked. It's early, It was earlier. I looked up James 5 because it talks about the same thing. Mm-hmm. But it says the same thing you're just saying. Because oh, okay. James 5 talks about um, how the prayer, like, if, if anyone among you is suffering, let him pray. If anyone among you is... Um, doing wrong like basically it talks about how uh, tell people if you're suffering and bring things to the light yeah or if you're stuck in sin yeah bring things to light so that they pray so that they can pray for you and encourage right. you so and like that's you like you were humble, saying yeah. um you know yeah there have been times where for me personally um like <clears throat> a few little things where i've been able to get through with just me and god but they're not yeah. they're minor things like if there's an anything that I struggle with continuously. Yes, habitual I, sin, especially. Yes, I need someone. Yeah, I need someone to help keep me accountable, even if you're afraid of it. Of them, like if of your image being tainted with those people, as long as, in my opinion, as long as they see that you're trying to do better by going to God about this. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know God will transform you, and if mm-hmm. you grow closer and closer to Him. And you have those people to help you stay accountable and get rid of this sin cycle. 
There will be a time where you're going to be confident in your faith enough to say, I'm not doing this sin again. Yeah. And they will see that and they're not going to think of you as your sin anymore at all if they ever did in the first place, which which hopefully if they're godly, if they're godly people, people, they're not. Yeah, they're not going to. So, um, anyway, just want to point that out. No, and I was going to say, it's very scary. I mean, I'm not saying, we're not saying it's not easy. Oh no, it's not easy. It's not easy to go and tell these people these things because I've had sin in my life that I've had to expose to people and it's like the hardest thing you don't want to. Yeah. Especially because for me, it's been people I really look up to and respect and love. Yeah. And like, I've, I'm like, yeah, they're going to think I'm a terrible person. They're going to think I'm, you know, this, but whenever you, oh, he's awake. Whenever you get through the really hard phases of exposing it and saying no and growing closer to God and rejecting that sin over and over again, you're going to get to a point where you start sharing that sin with others, your testimony about it to help them. And you're not going to, and you're going to feel at ease about telling them. It does. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And maybe, maybe you won't feel at ease completely because it's still like hard to talk about, but like in general, you're, it gets to the point. I mean, that that's honestly how it is though, because it's gotten to the point for me, like where I'm like, it's not that I'm not ashamed that I ever did it because, like, of course I know it's wrong. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's almost like I can't be ashamed of it anymore because, like, look at how the Lord's worked in my life to help me right. overcome it. Look at, and I can use that to help others. Right. Like, hey, I see you're struggling with this. Well, like, guess what? Look at how the Lord's redeemed my situation and helped me right. through this. And, like, he can do the same for you. Right. And then also, you can be that person for other people. Um, and you can, I mean, like, then they can feel safe and comfortable coming to you about, like, say you struggled with the same sin. Mm-hmm. They can feel safe coming to you knowing that you're not going to judge them mm-hmm. too, you know, which, like, um, I think that's such a gift to be able to be, like, that kind of safe person for someone. Yeah. You know? What I was going to say when you were saying that, um, my son's awake, so we're going to have to wrap this up, but, um, or maybe he's going back to sleep. We'll see. Um this past year, we had a podcast episode talking about our experiences at church camp this year. We go to the mm-hmm. same church camp, yeah. but we had two very different roles. So I was teaching, um, it was supposed to be 11th and 12th grade girls. I ended up with some 9th and 10th graders in there, I think, <laughs> but I didn't have all of them. Yeah. Um, but anyway, and I shared the very first day, I shared, my, I had my testimony typed up, and it wasn't my whole life's testimony. It was just like a tidbit of it that I felt like God was telling me, this is the part that you really need to talk about. So I read my testimony to them. Mm-hmm. And there are some things in there that I have not told very many people. And I remember someone before church camp telling me, um, not knowing what all was in my testimony that I typed. And in fact, they don't know the the big parts of my testimony um, around that time that I was talking about in there. But they were like, are you sure you want to share that? Because what if people judge you? And I'm like... So what if they judge me? This is right. what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. And I I am proud of myself a little bit, you know, because I was obedient to God in that. And I see the growth and the submission that I had to God in that. But also, obviously, it was all God, not me. I'm just saying that because I walked in obedience and saw that he was sovereign and that he could change me yeah. and change my life and transform me away from get away from that sin um i feel confident now that i don't care if they judge me because right. i'm doing what god exactly. wants me to do yeah and so i shared with these high school girls my testimony and the first day these girls who barely knew me some of them didn't know me at all before that day a couple of more than two of them but two of them the first day but then the next couple of days i had a couple more here and there from my class come to me and say everything you just said i'm struggling with right now yeah and i need help what do I do? Yeah. The first day, 
and that's bold on their yeah. part because I'd be so afraid to come to someone, you know, but, but because you share these things and share your testimony, testimony with people like you're supposed to, um, in confidence that God can work through sharing your testimony, people are going to see that you realize that even though you don't struggle with that sin anymore, you understand and you yes, not judge them because there. you were there. Yeah. And so people are going to be saved through that. And even if they don't save it immediately, maybe one day because you planted a big seed yeah. or God did through you in that, you know, they, they may come to know him or maybe they're already saved and they're going to grow closer to him through that. Yeah. Um, and then in turn, just to encourage you even more, I have several of my class of the, of the girls in my class who still reach out to me to this day. Yeah. And one of them, I actually have a Bible study with every week and the other one, and then there's another one who talks to me regularly because she can't end the Bible study. And then another one who's come to me about serious problems in her life. So all because of one little tidbit, yeah. like a, not even a full page of my testimony because God worked through that. Yeah. So I guess the Holy Spirit really wanted me to say that because I was really getting into that, but I just share your testimony. Yeah. You know, you know and, God's yeah, put it. your sin cycle away so that you <clears throat> have that testimony. Yes. Okay. My last verse. There's kind of two together, but they're very short. Psalm 59, 16 says, But I will sing of your strength. I will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning. For you have been to me a fortress and a refuge in the day of my distress. And then to go with that, one of my favorite verses, Psalm also 12, verse 5. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. Mm -hmm. Wow. So first of all, in 59, 16... God is our strength, mm-hmm. and he loves us, Ste- steadfast love. He has a steadfast love. He is our fortress and our refuge. And then you go over here, because of all that, I trust God, like it says in verse 5 of chapter 12, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. So, because I trust your steadfast love, and because you are all these things to me, to any of us, to all of us, my heart, so it goes back to your heart posture, shall be ecstatic, mm-hmm. shall rejoice in your salvation. Yeah. So how do you get to that point of being ecstatic and rejoicing in salvation, in God's truth? Because that's what it's talking about. Salvation, truth, the gospel, in his love, mm-hmm. is you trust him. Yeah. But it all starts with your heart posture. That was a good note to end on. Yeah. Yeah. That's all we got. It's cold in here. Yeah. Maybe because the door was oh, open. Not, I have a sweatshirt on. Freezing. So. Oh, in conclusion, the gospel changes everything. So my sweatshirt says. There you go. Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. I'm not. Mic drop. I'm not repping God today, I guess. But I'm repping Arkansas. No. Yeah. I do like Arkansas. It's pretty. It is. I like living here. Although right now, it's cold. And I don't it's like nice. It. You're nice. Okay. I, I love it down here in the old Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think that's all we got. Yeah. Sweet. Have a good week. Bye. Bye.